This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Booker with nine. Booker. Blocked by Butler. Taken back by Booker. Three seconds left for the win. He missed it. Miami holds on and defeats the Phoenix Suns. 113-112. And the Butler did it with defense. This is Dirt and Sprague. Really, in retrospect, I, I wish I would have called a timeout based on the look we got. Not not so much just to get Bow in, but it's really easy to go back and replay the game in your head. There's probably 10 plays that I would have played a lot different, right? And uh, it's not so much about necessarily putting Bow in that situation. They had a really advantageous look for what we gave. And uh, wish, wish I could have uh, called a timeout more so than anything for that look. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. Fourth quarter comeback in his young career at home. He's done it twice in the NFL. This one is shot. Watkins a diving catch. Ball comes out. Commanders pick it up at the 15-yard line. And another takeaway. Dirt and Sprague on 1080, the fan. in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland Sports Leader. 1080, the fan. Happy Tuesday, everybody. What is happening? Not much. Another day, another dollar. Left hand up. Who are we? The The Commanders. Commanders. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about you should have sprayed the line on the money line baby. i should have you imagine the balls on that Man. i don't even know what the money line was before the game it had to have been relatively high if it's an i think it's of a double digit lead it's a, it's at least a minus a plus 250 i would guess the commanders if i'm spitballing i wouldn't be shocked if the commander's money line last night was like plus 300 to plus 350 <laughs> a little over three to one action Ooh. can i be honest since we're in the trust tree you didn't actually gamble the game? No, I did gamble oh, the okay. game. I, I cashed out early. <laughs> oh. When, well, Heineke, when Heineke threw that pick yeah. and there was like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter yeah, or whatever it was, I was like, yeah, hey, I just have to have a ticket. What did you do, the points or the money line? I did plus 11. Yeah, I got him plus 11. You got nervous, huh? I, I did. You thought I thought they did. would just come back and have a ton of offense. Well, I, figured, I think at game. that point it was like 26, 20, 21. 26, 21. I think so. 
Yeah. I did. I did. I, I thought one quick touchdown here from Philly and things could get interesting. And then do I trust Taylor Heineke? Is he going to throw another pick? I already had to deal with a strip sack. There was already an interception. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. I don't want to deal with this stress. I've, I've seen the Baltimore Ravens blow a 20-point lead in the fourth quarter and a bet that I had that I thought I cashed in the second quarter because they were up big and they blew it to Miami. And I just thought, I don't want to deal with that. Cash-out woes are, are an awful thing in sports gambling. It's the I, worst. I, I need to do it more often. Well, you know, I, I like to cash out. I know people, some people think that's cowardice, but I, I'm okay with a good cash out. You know, if your bet's not huge and your cash out's still pretty good return, like why would you not take it? Like this weekend I had a I should have cashed out moment. And it was in the Dallas Green Bay game. Ah, uh, yeah. I parlayed Sprague line. I've been doing that last couple weeks and I've been it's been really nice. And I'm sitting here, I'm 2-0, and going into the Dallas-Green Bay game. I'm like, oh, my God, I might do this again somehow. <laughs> and they had a 14-point lead. And I had a cash-out return of $87. That's not a bad little cash-out right and there. And I said, nah, the winnings are going to be better than that. Come on, keep it rolling. And they're up 14 points. We're rolling. Screw your cash-out. <laughs> and with the first Green Bay touchdown to cut the deficit, the cash out never returned. And I said, oh, oh, God. Uh-oh. Oh. And then when it went to overtime, I thought, would they give me a cash out now at a, on, even baby. lesser value? But please. Maybe, maybe. No, nah, they said, we see what's going on here. They're going to lose. We see that they have lost the momentum of this thing. Dirk, can I tell you something that I didn't share yesterday? <laughs> sure, go ahead. I've bottled this up for over 24 hours. By the way, people said uh, plus 400 is what the money line finished at. Yeah. And somebody said, I got them balls. $5 got me 25 hey, Good for you, ma'am. There you go. Good for you. I'll put to 10 next time and you'll thank yourself even more. Um, I, I, I've been holding this for over 24 hours. I need to get it off my chest. Let it go. Do you know what the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys record <laughs> all time going into the fourth quarter with a 14-point lead is? Yes or no? I don't want to hear from Swag because he knows. Uh, no, I do not know the answer to that question. Jason Swigard, yes. resident Dallas Cowboy moron. <laughs> Why don't you tell Dirt what the Dallas Cowboys' all-time record is going Uh-oh. into the fourth quarter Uh-oh. with a 14-point lead? Uh-oh. Uh, prior to Sunday, <laughs> it was 150. He's wrong. It was 195-0. and 0. They have oh, yeah. never lost a 14-point lead. That is true. Ever! In the history of the franchise? Yes. Ever. Ever. Never. Yes. Never How is that possible? A, never blown a two-tutty lead in the fourth quarter. How is that possible? Sunday. It felt like history was being made, and then I saw that stat, and I bout through wow. my laptop at a wall. Yeah, I've learned the hard way. It is so funny how you have teams that you gamble on that you lose a bet, and you I carry grudges throughout the course of the season. I'll wipe the slate clean once the off season's here, and we'll start anew next August. But I'm holding grudges for the rest of the year, and the Dallas Cowboys are one of my grudges, man. They have been all season long. They knocked me out of my survivor pool in week two. Every time I gamble on them, they lose. It's like I'm going opposite with them all season. When I gamble on them, they lose. When I gamble against them, they win. And I just I, I can't get it. They cost me money this weekend. I bet the under in that game. Ta-da, Dallas got a great defense. Green Bay can't move the football. I had it paired with a couple other overs. Would have been a nice little payout. Didn't happen. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on the under, too. I was like, That's dude. a lock. That was a lock. I, I mean, no offense to the guy. He's amazing. Did did Micah Parsons play? I mean, holy crap. Talk about not an impact whatsoever. I think I saw him one time 
the entire game, and he pushed the guy out of bounds. <laughs> My and I'm like, God. could you, could you just, could you just get to Rogers, please? That's an insane stat, all time, one ninety five, all time. Oh, prior to that game, now and if he just kicks a field like goal, maybe he doesn't be a Cowboys fan for the last thirty years, basically of that I, franchise. I look, I, I used to passionately like, and when I say this, I want you to really understand, I hated your team when I was a child. I mean, I, I can't put into yeah. words how much I uh, hated the that team. same way I felt about the 49ers in the 80s. And that's the great thing about rivalries. You know, I, I still don't really like them, but I'm getting older. I'm caring less. It's more about gambling and interesting yeah. storylines for me. It reignited the fire. <laughs> it's back. I, I passionately hate that team, and I hope you never win another game as long as you exist as a franchise. I hope they go 0-195 over the course of however many years that would take to get to. That's where I'm at right now well, on Dallas. Yeah, and but you just want to see your you want your team to see the Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs. That's pretty that's like yeah. a guaranteed victory at that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, and here's the funny part. They're so not clutch. Now I kind of want to gamble on them as a as a road dog at Don't Minnesota. Do Don't do it. Don't <laughs> They're do the it. favorite. They I meant road be... favorite. Sorry. I meant to say road favorite. Do it. Not Vegas. do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Walk away. Walk away. I got some stats on Minnesota. We have a lot of NFL to get to, guys. Put I have it a down. Lot of notes. Walk away. A lot of notes. <laughs> the way Jim Harbaugh drinks milk, I got football notes. <laughs> a lot of, lot of notes. Okay. I love how it's. I, I have the same exact problem where you have you have teams that hurt you, uh-huh. and you and you say never again. And then by the time Tuesday rolls around, you look at lines, you're like, mm, man, it's kind of a nice little taste. <laughs> I'm oh, just, I, I, well, I mean, I, the Chargers plus seven and a half. I mean, come on, they're playing at home. What are we doing here? <laughs> like, no, don't do it, you well, dumbass. I found another zero in three weeks, so I you hope did. everybody's making money. You said you found me. another zero in three weeks. <laughs> like like it's just hiding <laughs> under a rock. Hello, oh, I gotcha. <laughs> You're now 10 and 20. I was certain I was hitting the over. <laughs> He's 10 games below 500. That oh, wait, you went 0 3 for real? Yeah. Yeah. NC State Wake Forest looked like the over was going to hit like the first half. It was like 49 points at halftime. I'm like, hit. oh, we're nailing this. And then all of a sudden, they decided to either play defense or. I, I, I got to be over. honest with you. This is so easy for me to tell you on a Tuesday after the weekend. I did not understand your confidence in the Ducks minus 13 and yeah, a half. That was, you might have thought they misplaced. could cover. But like your confidence was like they're they're gonna work. <clears throat> yeah, you duck honk. What the hell is the matter I with know, you? No, you just honked it up over there. Sorry. And then the Seahawks did not look great in uh, in old Germany. No. Should we just fade every one of his picks? I think you. Do. I kind of want to experiment. If you faded with this. every pick of Swags, you would have your record. You're twenty and ten. He's ten and twenty. Yeah. There's a ten game division lead right now, and we're getting into August yeah. here, boys. That's not a lot yeah. of time to make it like up. When I go are to are bed. you tanking for Wimbanyama yet? <laughs> Number one pick. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he gets it. We can, like give him a little uh, half a point on his lines next year because he finished with the worst record. There you go. <laughs> There's your benefit. Have you already bought the vodka though? Uh, well, I'm back. probably gonna go see Pax over in Bend, like during uh, finals week of the Pilots, because they don't have any midweek games during finals week. So what we'll, is the record lead for KT right now? What did KT go? Because I know San Diego uh, State. KT is uh, sixteen and fourteen. He went two and one. He so missed on the Bears. Is six games better than you. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. There's only a six game lead. I mean, that's that's no, manageable. Look, we're going is all. It, the, not, I mean, not season? based on his season, but no. that is technically manageable. That's, we're going all the way to the Super Bowl. Is that correct? all the way to the? We got okay. a long ways to go. Anyway, let's we're go until February. I make a vow with you. <laughs> that's a lot of picks. I will dedicate. 
my week. Let's collaboratively work on your picks this week. Okay. Hey, I'm thinking this line. What do you guys think? Because Dirt's having a good year. Yeah. I'm having, yeah, I've, I've strung together a couple of above 500 weeks in a row. We're climbing. We're climbing up the ladder. Uh, I'm having one of the best years of my life. I think we should just bring this as a group project. Right. And now, listeners send in locks during the week. What's your locks? Send them in the swag. You need your locks. Our listeners have great locks all the time on the fan text line. And so I think there's some good ones out there. We need to get you away from Pac-12 heavy spread lines. All right. Stop, stay away. Those are definitely stay away games. Well, tomorrow after the show. So today I'm going home. I got to watch uh, a little Air Force uh, tape and get ready for Thursday. <laughs> Do they run the wing D? On the basketball You have court? to go home today to watch Air Force tape? Yeah, pilots are at Air Force on Thursday. <laughs> you got to get ready. You got to get dialed in. I can't spare 15 minutes. I've got Air Force tape. I can't spare a But square. I'm saying I'll do that today and then tomorrow. I'll spend mm-hmm. some time. Send them in. Can I ask you this? What would the non... What would... Checking box scores versus watching, what difference would that make for your broadcast? I genuinely ask as a guy. Generally, not as road teams like one, I want to get comfortable. Plus, I got to call it off a monitor. Um, oh, the road. And stuff, so, yeah. no, one, it just helps uh, identifying players quickly so I don't have to look down at my chart as much as the flow of play is going on and I just know who they are. So it helps from that standpoint. Gotcha. Uh, and then two, um, just generally what their offense looks like so I can know where things are going to go, where the ball is probably going to be going. Are you watching whole games when you say you watch tape? Um, you cannot be watching a whole Air Force basketball game. Are you going to watch their 73-69 to loss to the Texas A&M Commerce Lions? Because that was their last that game. Was, they played yesterday. Texas I'll watch A&M that. Texas A&M Commerce? The yeah. Texas A&M Commerce Lions. Yeah. There's a Texas A&M Commerce? That there is. And the no. mascot looks kind of cool. It's like a it's circle. It's a lion. It's a lion. Yeah. It's like an old school, like, knight. Kind of a yeah. badass look. Lion better than I'll usually watch a first yeah. half. Yeah. yeah. I usually watch a whole half. And then if there's a game that comes down to the end, I'll probably watch the last few minutes <laughs> and see what they do. We need to put swag on a grading curve. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, put him on the slope. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. give him one. We'll give him one. He was close enough in that one pick. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, gambling. So nice. I didn't <laughs> feels, touch that game last night. Feels good when you win, baby. Feels good. I'm riding the high. My my daughter, my oldest daughter, is starting to realize like the highs of gambling based on my emotion. <laughs> when I go crazy, Dad, how much did we win? And I always respond, I, I, I won. I placed that bet. You're not getting that money. <laughs> no, that's not allowance. You get money. enough of my money. That came out of my hard-earned paycheck. I won now, that bet. Now, have you offered? It's like you want to kick me five bucks of your allowance. You can go in and share in it. Are you there yet? Uh, I would be willing to do it. Absolutely. I my first gambling experience was in middle school with my gym teacher. He used to go to the get get the uh, the lines when they uh, were in the scoreboard action, the sports action, the yeah. sports action, three team parlay. He would literally ask the gym, the locker room. He'd go, "Hey, any hooligans want to gamble this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Who likes the Packers minus six and there a half?" Go. And he goes, "I'm going to get a uh, sports action uh, ticket." And he was he was like, "Hey, give me the money by Wednesday." 
and I'll go make the bet, whatever bet you want. I'll give you the lines, and he explained what line movement was and over unders. Yeah. And I learned I learned to count, gamble, and learned cuss words all at the same time when I was five. When my grandpa taught me how to play blackjack, and oh, the neighbor man. came over. I love a good I love a good grandparent gambling story. Oh yeah, you uh, were five. You said yeah, I was five. So there, yeah. and this is my so my grand my mom's parents lived in Lake Oswego. So whenever they went out, we usually went over there. They'd, they'd watch us. And so, yeah, so he had his neighbor right next door, and they'd come over, like, on Friday nights and, you know, get out the big felt blanket and yeah. the chips and stuff. Did they bust cigars out and not care about secondhand no, smoke? No, 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 no. Didn't, didn't <laughs> That's do a cigar back, smoke. Yeah. But, That's uh, a different time back no, then. No, Grandpa time. was having a 7-7, seven and seven, so okay. um, I didn't know what that was yet. I was still five. <laughs> so I had a, I'd probably had, a, like, a Coke or something. Sure. And, and, uh, yeah, root but, beer. <laughs> No, didn't do that. Um, but, yeah, he's like, you know, learn how to count, understanding the ace was 1 or 11, how to put those combinations together. And that night I had, like, 10 blackjacks, and the neighbor was just cussing up the storm because I was cleaning them out. What's up with this kid, man? Walked home with, like, a giant bag of chick quarters and dimes or whatever. Is You want to hear a funny quick story? My grandma, who's now deceased, uh, she, my mom was single, and she wanted to set my mom up on a date with a guy. And my mom was like, oh, God, my mom tried to give me dating advice. She passed on the date. My grandma went on the date in place of my mom. They ended up getting married. And I met this, I met this guy at a very young age. He's very nice. He's a little younger than my grandma, but older than my mom. And uh, we met up with him when I was six, and he taught me how to play strip poker. And I got in trouble at kindergarten <laughs> because I taught a girl how to play strip poker. I won that hand. You got to take your shirt off. So these are the rules. I didn't make them. He always told me, Brandon, play to see the boobies. <laughs> and I, I remember him saying that to me and going, well, I guess I'll have to teach all the girls at my school this. This is, this is the way. This is the life. And they called my mom in, and she had quite the conversation with him about what he was teaching me at six years old. Yeah, I imagine that doesn't fly over too well. It did not fly over well. Yeah. Uh, I had to apologize to the young lady. <laughs> And I could no longer play cards the rest of the year. I was not allowed. It's not happening. So. Don't, don't you bring that deck of cards ever try and find her later in life? What? Her or The girl her? in kindergarten? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, she stayed in our class for yeah, the okay. whole time. Hey, remember that? Remember when you took your shirt off? She doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she remembers it the way it happened. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. I remember kind of playing cards. I'm like, oh. It was a little more than that. There's a little more to it. But, you know, we don't have to dive into <laughs> that. Memories burned into my brain. <laughs> We gotta go. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a lot to get to today. As I mentioned, we have a lot of NFL to discuss. We got some audio all over the place to get to. Would you like to hear the Arizona call of their upset against UCLA? I've got sure, that. Sure. Yeah. Why I, not? I also have Mike Leach at halftime pissed at officiating. What's new? And he throws it to a reporter and says, give your opinion on the officiating, <laughs> which is just fantastic. So we have a lot to discuss and we'll hear from Dan Lanning. And uh, interesting note from Kalen DeBoer from the Oregon-Washington game. So uh, let's get it going. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back in. 622. Dirty Sprague on the fan here. Happy Tuesday to all those who observe. Uh, I observe Tuesdays. I like Tuesdays. Tuesday is an underrated day, man. Underrated day. Nobody wants Tuesday. I'll take Tuesday in yeah. with open arms. Tuesday is a good little day. I think Tuesday gets really underserved as the worst day of the week. When <laughs> in, in fact, it's half of Sunday that's actually the worst day of the week. The second half of Sunday is easily the worst day of the week. When do the Sunday scaries hit you guys? Like, what time is that on the clock where you go, ah, damn, the weekend's done? I'd say done. After the, the halftime of the afternoon slate. Really? Yeah, like, like when you get... thirty. Yeah, when those halftimes hit, and I'm like, there's only two games on, and then it's Sunday Night Football, mm. and then the weekend's over, that's, that's when it gets me. When I have to start my gambling show, it really sinks in. What's that, like 5 o'clock? Yeah, it's like yeah. 5-ish, and I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> now it's dark out. I do this program <laughs> for an hour, and then I'm eat dinner, and then it's going to be 8 o'clock. I got to go to bed. Not great. Not a good feeling at all. Uh, we have a lot to get to today in the world of football. And I, I want to start with a, a couple things here. Are the Minnesota Vikings for real? Yes. You, you buy the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, I think at this point you have to. I, I No matter how I feel, I can't refute proof. Okay. So a couple things to unpack here. One... So if I told you you have a pile of Super Bowl contenders that you would be willing, as we talked about sports gambling, wager amount, an amount of money on. Yeah. Maybe one that makes you feel uncomfortable even. The Vikings helmets in that pile? They would make me feel uncomfortable, but I think they deserve to be in that pile. Are they my pick to win the Super Bowl? No. But do they deserve to be in the conversation after you go into Buffalo and win? Uh, yeah. I mean, that was a game that we all expected them to have the slipper fall off, we all expected Buffalo to cruise. Josh Allen's playing. The line went from like seven and a half to three and a half, back up to six and a half. Right. Buffalo's going to kill him. And then they were killing him. And everybody thought, ah, see? Ah, look at that. Buffalo's doing exactly what we thought they were. And then their defense made a couple of big stops. The big runs by Dalvin Cook. Jefferson might be the best wide receiver in the entire NFL. Yep. And they won that game even with Kirk Cousins being Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins threw two horrendous interceptions. The second one, I, I mean, he just threw it right to a DB. He thought a guy was in the flat. Just threw it right to him like he was a wide receiver. And they still found a way to win that game. So, yeah, I, I, would I put a hefty amount of money on them? No. A little bit amount of money? Sure. Why not? Well, I, I put a poll question up after the show yesterday because I knew we'd talk about them. Are the 8-1 and one Minnesota Vikings the least trustworthy 8-1 and one team in NFL history? <laughs> See, in the two teams... I yes know, is overwhelmingly winning, by the way. 61.4%. <laughs> there's two teams I actually would put, and I know they weren't necessarily 8-1, and one, but I think there's two teams that are examples that were least trustworthy in recent years. Okay. The Pittsburgh Steelers, what, what did they start? 11-0? and 0? Yeah, It was like 10 or 11-0. 10 and 0, 11. Yeah. Nobody bought that. They were eking yeah. out every game, and I, there was like a 49-year-old Ben Roethlisberger like, get out of here. Nobody bought them. 
And then last year for me, this was the Arizona Cardinals. You know how I feel about Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. I never bought into that. They got off to the good start. They finally lost to Green Bay on Thursday night, and their season just tailspin from there. And they couldn't win a game basically the rest of the year and limp their way into the playoffs. I put Minnesota above both those two teams. Okay, I want to throw a stat at you about the Minnesota Vikings because I'm asking if you buy them. There's been 145 teams, you guys, 145 teams to start 8-1 and one or better through nine games. There are only two teams who outscored their opponent by less than four points per game during that start. The 1976 Raiders, who won the Super Bowl that year, and the 2022 Minnesota Vikings. There is something to winning one-score games Mm -hmm. that appears to favor, maybe a little bit with some history, Minnesota here. The other thing to keep in mind, as we look around the NFL landscape and we see this team's really good, oh, that team's sneaky good, this team could get somebody... Bear in mind, no team that has lost to Kirk Cousins in season has ever won the Super Bowl. Wait, what? If a team has played Kirk Cousins in Uh a season and lost, they have never won the Super Bowl. (laughs) Lost to Kirk Cousins. Every time Kirk Cousins beats a team in a season, (laughs) they're eliminated. They basically have been eliminated in the Super Bowl. How about that? So Buffalo just got eliminated. See you later, Buffalo. I mean, we can talk about Buffalo, too, because I have some interesting things about Buffalo that I want to point out. I'm, (laughs) as a Buffalo backer, I'm nervous. Who spends the time to come up with that stat? That is such a wild stat. No team. Every regular season win. Every regular season team. Yep. Every team that's lost to Kirk Cousins in season. It's not all time. It's just in the season. If you lost to Kirk Cousins, you never won the Super Bowl. Uh, Here's what I will say. I think on the one-score thing, and I actually had this thought for the Oregon-Washington game, I think sometimes it's really beneficial when you've been in situations before. And it was kind of a day-later take that I had about the, the Ducks and the Huskies where Washington has played in a lot of... Not a lot, but more close games this year than Oregon has. I mean, they were coming off a 24-21 come-from-behind win against Oregon State. right? You need a drive in the last minute of the game to go win it, and they found a way to do it. They only beat Cal by a touchdown the week before that. That was kind of a back-and-forth game the entire time. Low scoring in the first half, high scoring in the second half. The Arizona game the week before that was somewhat competitive. Like, they've been through these moments in these games before, and I, I just was thinking to myself, for Oregon, they haven't been in it since Washington State. I mean, every game that they played, they won by more than two touchdowns, and they've been blowouts, and most of the points they've given up have been in garbage time. And I think that served Washington well on Saturday. They've been battle-tested. They were just battle-tested the week exactly. prior. Exactly, and they've been through all this. And Oregon just, it was a new experience for them. They haven't had to do it since all the way back in September up in Pullman. And there's something to that with Minnesota. Like, when you've been through that and things aren't coming easy, yet you're still finding ways to win, I think it depends on if you're a glass-half-full and a glass-half-empty guy. The glass-half-full guy says, that's great, you're finding ways to win. The glass-half-empty says, well, your, your margin of victory is very small, and you easily could have lost how many of those games. But I tend to choose the first one. I think it's great for Minnesota that they've been battle-tested and in a lot of competitive ball games. I think it'll serve them well later in the year. Would the internet break if Kirk Cousins won the Super Bowl? It'd be close. And honestly, I don't think there's a better stamp on a, an opinion than Dirt. If he wins the Super who, Bowl. Years and years ago, I don't even remember what year it was. I want to say 2015, maybe 2014. Dirt went on our, our show and talked about his affinity for Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins proceeded to throw four interceptions on Monday Night Football. He did. That was bad timing on my part. I will never forget that moment in that game because I I remember laughing going, geez, what a bad bad take on the worst (laughs) day. And if he ends up winning the GD Super Bowl, who's laughing now? Dirk gets the last laugh. Unbelievable. I mean, he's actually not even, he's having a really bad year. 
Yeah, he's not been amazing. And that's the funny thing about them being 8-1. Like I mentioned, he was really bad on Sunday, and he got saved by the best wide receiver in the NFL on 4th and 18 or whatever it was. Anywhere near him, and the guy was catching Get it within five. He's already thrown more picks this year than he did all of last year. Yeah, he had two tutties in a... a, Or he had one tutty and two picks in that that game against Buffalo. Picks were horrible. And that's probably the reason people won't jump in on him yet, right? It'd be Kirk Cousins? That's, I mean, it, and it's fair. I get it. But their defense has been relatively solid all season long. You look at yeah. the points allowed. I mean, I think only like San Francisco and Dallas. Like, there's only a couple of defenses in the NFC that have been better than them. And they're units that we consider to be the, some of the best in the NFL. But then I add in on the other side, it feels like they're a little bit better up front. Dalvin Cook is a stud. We know that. And when you have a guy like Justin Jefferson, it just makes your life easier. He's got like, a thousand receiving yards he, already. He overcomes Kirk Cousins being Kirk Cousins. Yes, he does. Like, he just get it near him, and he's going to make a play. If you give a guy like that, Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins, a guy like that, it can elevate him as a quarterback. Uh, yes or no, greatest catch you've ever seen? I had to vote yes. Hard to argue against it. <laughs> One hand falling down, yeah. stealing it from a DB. Not letting the ball hit the ground, controlling I, possession, like this everything. is yeah. It's, I'm sure there's like ten that I'm forgetting every time this stuff gets brought. Well, up. the Odell catch gets. I mean, Diggs had one in that same yeah, game Diggs in the had third one quarter. In that same game. Yeah, the David catch. Tyree catch Holy in the Super crap. Bowls more more improbable. The tiptoe one, the underrated one in the Super Bowls is the Steelers. Antonio yeah. Holmes, Holmes yep. on the. Oh my God, the footwork on yep. that catch. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'll say yes because when they, even when they zoomed in, it looked like there was zero chance that thing was going to get caught. Yeah, and then, and then he caught it. <laughs> uh, Derek Carr was broken this week, and the Raiders are dysfunctional. We'll get to that coming up, and the backlash from the coach of just Saturday, <laughs> and then the Buffalo Bills. We have more NFL dive into, and we'll do it next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I saw this uh, video circulating all over the internet last night, and I thought of my co-host, Dirt. Taylor Heineke on the team plane after victory in Philadelphia. Caught drinking bush lights out of a garbage can. Yeah, I mean, of all the beers you could go with, come on, Heineke. I don't think it was a choice. I think it was what it was presented to. Him. I think it was a choice. You think he chose Bush he Light? He screams Bush Light. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. That's a good How does question. Heineke not have a deal with Heineken? Heineken right. Yeah. He should. He should. What are think we doing? He yeah, he's wearing all the chains. He's drinking beer out of a trash can. That guy's feeling good. He's got to buy another pair of Jordans now, too. You guys need a good uh, Heine? I'm a good Heine. <laughs> Why don't you drink a Heine this holiday season? There's a poll question for you. Is Taylor Heineke good? Yes. Okay. I think he's good. I think. <laughs> Is Dak Prescott good? I. He's not $49 million good. 
I'll be honest with you, man. Yeah, I, that's the issue there. I, I think it's totally fair to start worrying aloud about that guy. He's not good in, in big moments. And I, I had, once they blew that lead, I really had no faith. Not even like from a gambling perspective, just a football perspective. I had no faith that he was going to get you a touchdown when you needed it. Nope. I, I, I don't know what you do with that. Because his backup is beloved. Well, the backup quarterback's always the most famous person in town. And it's always the name, too. They always end up loving the name. Cooper Rush. Oh, yeah. Bailey Zappi. <laughs> Taylor Heineke. We were cracking up this weekend when they were doing the starting introductions at, at Otson and Bo Nix. His name was announced, and there was this loud, thunderous ovation. And we just chuckled back to the first home game of the year when the crowd gave Ty Thompson a standing ovation when he ran onto the field. They put him in a garbage Did time. really? The crowd was like, yes, Ty, oh. finally! <laughs> and here we are in the second-to-last home game of the season, and it's like, Bo, you're my savior! The Buffalo Bills dirt, we'll get to the coaching stuff with uh, the Raiders. I found that whole narrative all week last week interesting. Talked uh, about that Saturday chosen as the interim coach and what that meant to other people. I think the more controversial take is the other head coach in that game. And we'll get to that as well because it's kind of tied together here. Um, the Bills are 6-3, and three, and they have losses to Kirk Cousins, Tua, and Zach Wilson, who are collective. I mean, 8-1, and 7-1, and, and I know Zach Wilson has a fantastic defense, but he's technically as a quarterback 5-1 and one this year. And if you look at the Buffalo Bills since 2021, uh, they're just not a one-score team. The Buffalo Bills... In one-score games, hold on just a second. I had my notes. Here it is. Since the start of the 2021 season, the Bills are 16 and one game and 16 and one in games decided by more than one score. They're two and nine in one-score games. That's an interesting stat to keep an eye on. And you said this about the Vikings because you're buying the Vikings. And by the way, I buy the Vikings too for whatever that's worth. But the Bills are not. And the last three weeks, Josh Allen has three touchdowns and six picks. And everybody last year, I'll never forget this, because I got actually upset by this. This whole, like, he should have the football in the playoffs. He lost the coin toss, so he got screwed. One, as a team, don't blow a lead with 13 seconds left. Okay? Yeah, that. Two, you had an opportunity to hold the Chiefs to a field goal, yet didn't. That's part of the game. And that's about as fair an overtime as you can get. The first team has to score a touchdown, otherwise it's continued. We were, we were so used to field goals winning the game. Mm-hmm. Well, he finally got his opportunity, didn't he? And they were saying on the broadcast, is Josh Allen going to get the football finally in overtime? And he threw an interception. So I guess I'll ask. When are, they were in field goal range to tie to the tie game. To tie the game. Are, are we concerned right now about Josh Allen? Is this a mini blip? Where are you guys at on Josh Allen? I'm not concerned about Josh Allen. I do think there are questions about Buffalo as a whole, though. Uh, and I'm not panicking by any stretch. But a couple of key things to keep an eye on. One... When you let games like this slip, the reality of having to go on the road in the playoffs is now a real thing. And they're in third place currently in their division. Do I think that will change? Yes, I do. Uh, but can they catch a Kansas City potentially for the number one overall seed in a bye in the AFC playoffs? That's now a tall task. They had the head-to-head win over Kansas City, and you felt good at the time. Um, and since then, now they're trailing them. And their division, I would argue, at this point is harder than what Kansas City has to deal with because Denver is a dumpster fire. The Chargers have one healthy player. Uh, and, I mean, don't even get me started on the Raiders. So uh, it's going to be a tall task for Buffalo to get there. Their, their biggest issue right now is twofold. One, it's their defensive injuries. They are incredibly banged up on that side of the football. Yeah, they are. And the other part of it is, and this has always been kind of the question that I've had about Buffalo, and I think it lingers right now, is their inability to run the football outside of Josh Allen. 
Like I just I just think for quarterbacks it is so important. And it's funny how even when you're reminded of a guy like Josh Allen, who is Hercules on the football field, he is as talented and as skilled as any quarterback in the NFL. Even guys like that need help every now and then. Even guys like that need an offensive run game that you can just turn around and burn up some clock and pick up a couple of first downs, and it's not all on him on every single play. And their numbers as a team aren't horrible, but you got to consider that he's running the football a ton, and that's why, as a team, their rushing numbers aren't that bad. They're not getting a lot of production out of their running backs. And just not having the balance that you need come playoff time, that's my biggest concern for Buffalo. If you got a 7-point lead, 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, can you run the clock down? Do you trust your offensive line and your run game to get that done? Uh, and if, it does, if, if you can't get it developed, is it something where you can really truly rely on Josh Allen every play, every game to do everything for your offense? And I think eventually he's just going to run out of gas. They're just asking him to do too much right now. When he runs, though, isn't it somewhat – I, I know we're going back to something that we talked about in like, I am week two, week three. I can't remember what it was, but you remember we talked about Josh Allen running. Yeah. And how Collinsworth was like, ah, you know. Get that was down. the opening game of the season. Was that it was what the it was? Rams game, the opener. He was running people over. And I, I said, like, yo, I he has a great ability to run the football. Don't take that away from him. But I did kind of agree with Collinsworth, and he's continuing to do it. He's got a hurt elbow. And he's still running into people. And I yeah. just, you can poo poo that if you want, but like, you mentioned the running woes. Man, they'd have a quarterback. They have Case Keenum if he gets hurt. And so, I don't know. He, I think he's dealing with a little more elbow injury than he's willing to admit. He's also making very poor decisions, and he's got to stop running into people. I know he's a big dude. He's laying the wood on those guys as much as they're hitting him. Mm-hmm. But you're the quarterback. Like, I need you to stay healthy. You're, you are the only way they win the Super Bowl. Buffalo can love that roster. They can brag about that roster. That team stands zero chance if Josh Allen is not in at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so he's got to stop trying to find the contact with linebackers. It makes me nervous. I mean, he leads them in rushing by almost 100 yards. That's not surprising. That's, and it's not good. You want balance offensively. I don't mind Josh Allen being physical. I don't mind him making plays in specific spots of the game. Third and ten, third quarter, right? You need a, you need trying to finish off a drive to build a lead or erase a lead, whatever the case. And he's got to run somebody over. Love it. But, like, first quarter, first and ten, and you're, you're trying to take down two linebackers and a defensive end as you're running the football down the field, like, there's times when you got to pick and choose your spots. He should not lead them by rushing, uh, in the rushing statistic, by 100 yards. That, that's a concern for me. Yeah, and that's a big area to circle for Buffalo. Also, as you mentioned, the defensive injuries are just massive, but they're just not good in one-score games. They're not good in one-score games. I do think those I, we, we always go through this with good and bad teams, where they go through ebbs and flows during the season. Kansas City's been through this the last two regular seasons, where Mahomes will throw a bunch of picks, they lose, and you're like, ah, hey, what's wrong with Kansas City? Mm-hmm. And then you look up in the AFC title game, and who's there? They're there every year. But if they don't change this in one-score games, that's two seasons worth of evidence kind of showing you what they are in those one-score games. That's different yeah. than a little ebb and flow, right? That's different than a little ebb and flow. The good thing for them is I don't think they're going to have a lot of – I mean, they're going to they're gonna blow some teams out. Yeah. They'll, they they they'll have, have that ability. They're yeah. going to win a lot of games by a wide margin. Uh, I want to stick in the National Football League. We'll get to some Dan Lanning stuff coming up at the top of the hour and something Kalen DeBoer noticed on Saturday that helped him. Uh, but coming up next, the coaching hire that pissed off everybody and what's going on in Vegas. That's next. Dirt and Sprague on the face. Dirt just Saturday broke Derek Carr and the Raiders. That he did, man. That he did. I think uh, Josh McDaniels had something to do with breaking him as well. But when you lose to a first-time head coach that's never been a coach before, not a good feeling. I've said this to you before, and I think I've said this on the air, and you, you, I'm genuinely like I do believe in this, as dumb as it may sound to some people out there. Roger Sherman tweeted this on November 13th. He's a writer for The Ringer. 
What if Jeff Saturday ends up revealing that being an NFL head coach is actually way easier than everybody claimed and you don't need to grind 90-hour weeks for two decades to be good at it? <laughs> that would prove the spray point, that we need more balance in our lives. The funny thing is, for a lot of these guys, now this isn't true for all of them, but for most of them, they don't call the offensive plays. They don't call the defensive plays. They're literally just like a leader who's paying you're attention leader, to the whole game. And you're, I like, mean, you're identifying things. And, hey, outs. maybe we should take yes. advantage of this. Yes. Or, hey, this linebacker's out of position. Or whatever the case, substitution patterns. Right. That kind of stuff. But like a Kyle Shanahan, a Sean McVay, those guys are a little different. They're in control of the offense. They're calling the plays throughout the course of the game. But for head coaches like that, it is funny when you think about it. Like, like Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell doesn't call offense and he doesn't call nope. defense. But... He's paying attention to clock management, or he's talking to his coordinators yeah. on different possessions. He's giving you the good claps. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. I mean, it, there is a lot to being a good head coach, especially in pro sports more so than anything else. Like in the NBA, good coaching stands out. Like Eric Spolstra is a very good coach. And also, mainly with that job, it's about balancing and managing personalities more yeah. so than anything else. Handling egos. And I think some of that is, is true in football, despite what these coaches Joe Thomas had something go viral last week when Jeff Saturday was announced. Did you see that clip? I did see this clip. So I'm not going to play the whole clip. I'll basically tell you if you didn't see it. Jeff Saturday, anti, or uh, uh, Joe Thomas, excuse me, anti Jeff Saturday hire. Yes. He says this is the one of the most egregious things he's ever seen. And I like Joe Thomas a lot. I think Joe Thomas is really good on television. I couldn't disagree with a take more. Not that it's not disrespectful to other coaches, especially minority coaches who don't get as many opportunities, but more so just the the egregious, these guys, they work so hard. I want you to listen to this story from Joe Thomas that he shared about a former coach he played under. And I want you to really step away for a second and tell me, does is this supposed to be a good story? Is this supposed to be a story that I'm supposed to walk away going, oh man, such a good point. I should be wanting all these guys to have these jobs. I want you to listen to this Joe Thomas story. I'm going to tell you a quick story. I lived right next door to Rob Chudzinski. He was our head coach for one season mm -hmm. in Cleveland. The commitment that it takes to be a head coach in the NFL is beyond what people can even comprehend mm -hmm. unless you've been in that locker room. Yep. He saw his children yep. one time every week. That was Friday yep. afternoon. Yep. We would get off about 2 o'clock. He would stay till 3. He would pick his kids up from school. He had four kids. He would go get ice cream with them. They would come home. Then he would drop them off and go back to the office. If it was a home game, he would get to see his kids two times during the week. Ice cream on Friday. Saturday and then afternoon. Saturday afternoon, he still didn't see him because he stayed. Sunday, they would come to the game. He would drive them home after the game, drop them off, and go back to the office. That's a lifestyle. That's who you are. That's not something that you can just show up for. All I mean, that to go four and twelve. <laughs> like I, I, I'm like Joe. Do you think this story is conveying the message you think it is? Because to me, I that that actually just genuinely sounds sad. That that sounds like a very sad existence, and something that like you know we're close to the holiday season. There's going to be a lot of Scrooge flashback. Look at the stuff you wasted in your life for what? To win four games? Like, I get it. Jeff Saturday getting a job over filling the, the blank candidate. You know, Reggie Wayne is on that staff, right? Like, why I got Reggie Wayne? I totally get that angle of it. This whole, like, you know how much time and commitment. I'm sorry. Sounds like they're living miserable existences. <laughs> and I'm, I, I don't hear that and go, man, that's, that's so tough and awesome. That sounds terrible. 
And it also sounds like it's very detrimental to your children. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a great life. I at see all. my dad one time a week. Yeah, I, cool, I, cool for you, bro. I don't think that's the right story to use. Also, for a coach that was horrible and has been a, was a head coach for one year in the NFL, and he won four games and he got fired. He's like, trying to speak to the commitment of the sure, job, and, and I just think it's a ridiculous story. I think there is. I think there would be a visceral reaction like this, no matter the industry that you're in. If somebody was hired to do a job and was promoted ahead of you, then they've never done that job. I don't disagree with. Like, use us as an example. Like, say we were still middays, noon to three. And, there were, hey, there's an opening in the morning. We're, we're going to do a new morning show here at 1080 The Fan. And, like, hey, we've been working here for eight years. We've done everything you asked. We've been, you know, paying our dues, working our way up. You moved us a bunch of different time slots. We, you know, we've been through everything you could go through in, as a radio host. We feel like we're ready for this opportunity. And if they went out and hired two people that had never worked in radio before, it's like, yeah, he's kind of a funny personality on Twitter. Like, let's hire him and uh, let's get that guy. And they, they did that instead of us, we would be livid because we've worked our way up. And there's there's like a chain of command kind of order. You feel like if I pay my dues, eventually it will pay off for me. Uh, and I think that's where the, the main pushback is coming from here. It would be hilarious if Jeff Saturday proved that you don't need a ton of coaching experience and you don't need to be a genius to win in the NFL. I don't think the Colts are going to win a ton. They I don't beat either. a horrible team in the Raiders who have a whole coaching issue of their own because how that how they're sticking by McDaniels is beyond me. And I think almost the bigger storyline out of this game over Jeff Saturday. But I think that's where the main reaction comes from. It's not that Jeff Saturday doesn't know football. It's not that he's not a passionate guy. It's not that he doesn't get – like, of course he knows how many hours he's going to have to put in. The guy was in the NFL for 15 years as a player. He's been around different head coaches. He's won Super Bowls. Like, he, he knows what it takes. It's just, it was just the idea of all the qualified candidates, not only in that room, but all over the NFL that have been working for how long to have this opportunity. And sometimes that's all you get. You're not even guaranteed to get extended past that. Sometimes an interim tag is the only opportunity you ever get in your career. And they're like, ah, let's go pull a guy off ESPN. Is it better, though, to get the interim tag to the guy who's not going to get the job long term? Like if you're a candidate that got bypassed for Jeff Saturday, wouldn't you be okay getting bypassed for this and the chance of I can actually maybe have a shot at the real gig? Because this is... They're not going to hire Jeff Saturday. This is an interim thing. He's a friend I mean, of Jim Irsay. I don't know about Jim Irsay. If all the owners to do something like this, let's say they finish, I don't know how many games are left in the season, but they finish like a game above 500. Oh, God. And he makes them. I, like, could you, I could totally. They made the playoffs. I could totally see Jim Irsay doing that. I don't think it's going to happen, <laughs> but I could totally see him doing it. The guy's crazy. He is crazy. Um, you hit on something there I want to get to in the second hour. We'll hear from Dan Lanning and his thoughts from the loss to Washington. Also, Kalen DeBoer. Picked up something during the game that stood out to him, and I, I thought, man, if there was ever such an argument against my argument of working too many hours, it was the point that Kalen DeBoer made on the note that he picked up in-game that yeah. most people wouldn't. I'd still like to see mandated coaches can only work 40 hours, <laughs> and then they have to leave the premises. Get out. And then let's see what they all are with 40 hours a week. <laughs> That'd kind of be my goal here for more uh, God, in work college, it's even harder because you got to recruit. Oh, it's ridiculous! Like you got—I mean, you get your game planning done, and then it's oh, hey, by the way, now I got to go call a bunch of eighteen-year-old kids and try and convince them to come play for my team. Uh, one NFL franchise is broken, and uh, a little more reaction from Oregon, Washington. Hour number two, Dirt and Spray on ten eighty. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 